Hello, listeners. Welcome to the Wrong Opinions Only podcast. Woo-hoo. My name is Kayla, and this is... Justin. How's it going, everybody? This is our episode three, and today we will be diving into the hit reality show on Netflix, The Circle. Oh, yeah. It's The Circle, baby. We are going to do a quick recap of the overall concept, discuss quickly season one, and then get into a bit of a deep dive on season two, which just declared a winner what, yesterday, two days ago? Yeah, yeah, just about. I think it was last week, right? Last, last Wednesday, week. yep. And we are off to a rousing start on the podcast today as Kayla has spilled drinks all over my desk I and computer. And uh, we took about, what, five different tries before we could actually start recording properly? That sounds about right. I almost thought I broke my microphone stand. So really, can only go up from here. Hopefully. I mean, famous last words, right? That's true. And we do have some, uh, I don't want to say exciting news just yet, but as Kayla and I do, we get way too involved in something almost kind of obsessive with it. Yep, it's a problem, but we love it. (laughs) Where we are now thinking about all these sub-podcasts, additional episodes, different additions, and how we're going to build out our social media. So if you start getting uh, harassed by us for to listen to all of our new podcasts, just go with it and tell all your friends and make sure you like, subscribe, all that good jazz. Yes, we'll tell you where to go at the end. All right, so first, let's start with... Justin, when did you get into the circle? Was it season two? Was it season one? Season one, of course, premiered January 1st, 2020 on Netflix, and season two premiered on April 14th this year, 2021. Yeah, so I watched season one probably a couple months after everybody else did. I was like, ah, this show looks okay. a little ridiculous, it looks kind of stupid. And then the pandemic hit in about mid-March, and I'm pretty sure that's when me and my wife started watching it, which... Honestly, the show is built for the pandemic. Yes. As I said last week with my Swarly of the Week, it certainly is. They should have had about five seasons thrown out throughout the pandemic, but I digress. But do you want to go into kind of a little bit of a background of The Circle and when you got into it and exactly what the overall concept of the show is? You know what? I'd love to. Thank you for asking. So I got into The Circle pretty much season one. They were doing a lot of advertising on Netflix, but I was already watching some of the reality shows that were starting to come around. One's called Dating Around, which is basically following people on several dates. It's so awkward to watch, but I love it. Um, So when I started seeing advertisers for The Circle, I hopped right in. So let me try to explain the concept of The Circle, which isn't too complicated. So here we go. You do have a degree in words, so this should be right up your alley. I do have a degree in words, that's true. So here's the concept. Players move into the same apartment building, but they live in separate rooms and they do not meet face-to-face throughout the competition. Basically, they're quarantined. Yes, they're in their own little apartment. They communicate through these profiles, the circle, which is a social media app that gives them the ability to portray themselves in any way they choose. So they can be themselves or they can be catfishes up to them. Um, Throughout the show, they play these icebreaker games, kind of getting to know you. And at the end, they read each other from first to last place. At the end, the ratings are revealed from lowest to highest. The two highest rated players become influencers, and the remaining players are at risk of being blocked. They then choose one player to be blocked, the influencers, and are eliminated from the show. So that means by they're gone. The twist is that they, the blocked player has an opportunity to meet another player in the game who's still there. After the blocking, a video message is shown to remaining players, which reveals if they were real or fake. During the finale, the players rate each other one final time, and the highest player wins the game and $100,000. It seems a little ridiculous, honestly, up front, but it is highly entertaining to watch, even though there's the only interaction is through this, this app. They're essentially texting each other through this app without ever seeing or having any additional information besides what the other people want them to know. Yes, and there are also several spin-offs. There's a UK version, France, Brazil, and the American version is actually filmed in England. Fun fact. The American version is filmed, filmed in, in England, yep. In England, where's the UK version filmed in Boston? Like what? Yeah, I think that's how that works. <laughs> is yep. that how that works? They just they, switched. They, mm-hmm. they just swapped them in and out. Um, so do you want to go over kind of who were your favorite characters from 
season one did you feel the correct person won um i will say that if you guys have not watched season i mean season one's over a year old at this point but spoiler alerts on season one and then after season one we'll be going into season two which just ended last week so just as a heads up spoiler alert this will probably be going up until about what 10 minutes left in the podcast yep so spoilers be aware uh, before I go into season one, can I ask you, Justin, how do you feel about catfishing when people don't come in as themselves? In general, it is, I feel frowned upon. Um, mm-hmm. If you're going to go in, just kind of be yourself. I think right? it makes it an extra layer of complexity if you go in as a catfish, right? If you're going in like, oh, hey, I'm going to pretend to be this like we said last week, a cute 21-year-old sorority girl. Correct. Hmm. You need to have some uh, additional information to help back that up, like how to put on makeup in case it arises. Yes, I would have to agree. But I understand why people do it, because it is a social experiment to essentially figure out who's the most popular in the game. So you're trying to tell people what they want to hear when they want to hear it. And it doesn't really matter who you are per se, but everybody kind of feels their own way about it. I know season one... There were not a ton of catfishes. I think we had 12 or 13 total players by the end of the season, and only three of them, I believe, were actual uh, catfish. Ten played as themselves or some version of themselves. I think that's okay where if it's, hey, my actual job is an engineer, but on the show I'm going to play the fact that I'm a garbage man. You know, like... Yes, or in season one, I think a few came as single, but they really were in a relationship. Exactly. Like, something like that. Yep. But they could still be themselves, just right. omitting that one detail. And I right. think that's that's fine, but once you get into the full-on catfishing where you're pretending to be a different gender or somebody you don't even know, that's... I'm not a big fan. Yeah. I mean, I respect the game of catfishing because it's definitely a harder way to compete in the challenge. However, I don't really root for the catfish players because I kind of prefer the more authentic players. And the need for catfishing, I think it's kind of minuscule in this show because the game really is more about your personality. I mean, you might get conversations early on based on how you look, but personality is definitely it. For sure. And uh, season one, it was kind of the first foray into this. So everybody was kind of playing it out. They didn't have as many of these interactive games to get to know people like they did in season two. So it was, for the most part, it was pretty honest. There was the one character uh, I have written down here, Seaburn. Yes. What do you think? (laughs) I have here, he was terrible at trying to be his girlfriend. But yes. highly entertaining. Yeah, 100%. They got into, I believe, a conversation where they were talking about their menstrual cycles. And yes. he was just like, what do I do here? And he just dropped the ball. Yes. And listen, men pretend they don't know, but they know. And I thought he did okay. He, I mean, he ended up in, what, fourth or fifth place by when it's all said and yeah, done, right? Yeah, you know, he was a funny figure. I really like Sammy. She was always 100% herself. I liked how she would call out people who were acting up, and she had a good eye. Uh Uh-oh, Justin is shaking his finger at Uh, me. I love Sammy as well, but 100% herself is just not true. She said she was single when indeed she was not. (sighs) But I'm okay with that. I'm just saying for clarification for the Okay, all right, I'll give you that. And she was also voted the fan favorite and won 10,000. They didn't do that season two. I wish they would have. You know, one thing season two didn't do as well that I think they didn't season one was the reveals where they like walked down a hallway and they turned yes, around yeah that was maybe because of covid or, or whatever but that was always entertaining where it's like somebody standing there and then it's like shit who's actually touching yeah they me? had it a couple times but i wouldn't say it was a focus like yeah. it would be people preparing for someone to come to them and then you know glad they didn't come or that type of thing yeah for sure yeah. and and uh, the other members of season one that i just kind of took some quick notes on sure you had antonio who was just Way too full of himself. He thought he came in. He thought yes. he was the man. He, he was sure going to dominate. Didn't he care didn't. for him. Ed Sasso wasn't my favorite. He's the guy who came in with his mom, Yes. Right? Not my favorite. Yeah. And his brother was on season two. Yes. Yeah. That is... was quite a surprise. And Karen wasn't my favorite. 
I don't even have Karen written down on okay, my notes. Okay, so clearly so. not your favorite. So yeah, yeah, clearly I didn't care too much about her. I know uh, Chris Sapphire. He was probably my favorite. Oh, my he God. He was so fun. He so was so funny, funny, yes. And I've listened to him on a few other podcasts, and he's just as funny. That's him 100%. Oh, really? I, I haven't. I was wondering if he kind of, like, amped it up for oh, the show. Oh, yeah, no, that's him. Trust me. That's just him. He's kind of similar to, uh, not quite, but it's kind of like a Courtney from season two. Yes. Like vibe, just like energetic, like there to have a good time. Courtney was a little more like Yes, intense. I'd say Courtney was a little more like technician as far yeah. as like kind of controlling the game. But yeah, definitely some similarities there. And then Rochester's own yes, Joey. Yes, Joey. Took home the victory at 100,000, which he kind of just ran the game the whole time. Yeah, what'd you think? Were you happy he won? Did you want someone else? You know, I go back and forth. I was not rooting for him to win at the time, but he did probably play the best game. He had great alliances. Yes. He developed actual real relationships yep. and friendships with people. I think he ended up going on a date with one of the girls on the show at the end. I think Miranda. Yes. I think they saw each other a couple times. He, I think the final two was him and... Uh, Correct me if I say this wrong. Is it Shubham? Yeah, Shuby, as they would say often yeah. in the show. Yeah, Shuby was just crazy naive. I he I don't think Ooh, I loved Shuby. He, he was. was so nerdy. He was so himself. Like he if he had a game plan, I didn't see it because he just would be so earnest in what he was saying. So that's what I was saying. I loved rooting for him, but I didn't yeah. think he deserved to win. But he win wasn't since really he like was... playing the game to the fullest extent. Yeah, I hear that. Fun fact, he recently co-founded a software company. So. I did see that. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah, but I'd say out of all the people that were there, I would have I think preferred Sammy to win, uh, but Joey was he played the best game, so you can't really fault them. No, for no, and, and I kind of made fun of him in the beginning because he was kind of this like caricature of like a Guido type, like he was always flexing in the gym, talking about himself. But he changed throughout the season, and he like really cared about the alliance he was in. Like they were friends, and and not even friends. He would always say they're family, and like I really believed them. Yeah, for sure. I think the first episode or two, you're like, oh, this guy is such a bro. Like, yes, oh, yeah. get out of here. Yep. Like, as soon as a new woman came on the show, he'd be like, hey, what's going on, girly? Like, you know, just mm -hmm. doing all these kind of cliche moves. But as it went on, you kind of started to to like the guy. And, you know, that's that says something. It, you get to know their true personality after a time. You totally know? agree. All right, are we ready to get into season two? I think it's time. Actually, no. Why don't we just pick this up in a few weeks? All right, something? never mind then. Forget it. All right, cool. Catch you later. Okay, so season two? Yes, definitely. All right, so let's start with the easiest, possibly. Favorite and least favorite players. Go ahead. All right, as uh, another warning, because we are going to spoil like crazy the rest of this podcast. So season two, favorite characters and least favorite I must say my favorite character I already know. Yeah. Was Emily, aka Jack, before he got eliminated as Emily. I did not like it once he got paired up with Lisa. My least favorite characters are I don't think it's any surprise. Bryant, the first one eliminated, was just a dud. He was Oh, he was so nice. He the was, yoga, the free thinking, love, oh, you know, that was an act. be yourself. What? act he was terrible he was freaking terrible <laughs> and then i think everybody will agree with me on this lisa, lisa. yeah lisa aka lisa was the worst. she was terrible she added nothing to the show besides they got a couple you know little videos of lance bass in there but she was boring jack was pissed when he had to get paired up with her to be john a 62 year old psychic santa which nobody questioned that's that's fine right like no, yeah, I'm sure that's that's reasonable. Like, who would make up a 62-year-old psychic Santa? Maybe the two people that were just eliminated. Like, unbelievable. But they were my favorites along... Or <laughs> Lisa was my least favorite, and Jack yes. was my favorite. Courtney was probably a close second. I thought he played a great game. He was really strategic about every decision he made. He was authentically himself. Uh, except for, you know, he lied about his job, similar to what a lot of other people did. But I think those are kind of the key takeaways. There wasn't too many characters that were pointless besides okay. Lisa. Bryant. Well, okay. and Lisa. Yeah. And Lisa. Uh, what about you? All right. So 
Courtney and Chloe were probably my favorites. Courtney inching out a little more. I think they had the best moments, definitely the funniest. They also played the game completely different from each other. I think Chloe went in, like, obviously the most naive with how she was. If she had a strategy, again, I didn't see it. It seemed like she went there to meet people and have a good time. Um, but she's authentically herself in every facet, so nobody is, questioned but her. She was easy to manipulate because of that. So, like, she'd have one opinion, like, I think this, and then someone could convince her literally in the same moment, and she would go with them. That's so true. she was easy to kind of play around with that. She didn't stick to one opinion. Courtney just played a great game and was funny, and I love that. And he was really smart when he got the Joker feet yes. to... To, I thought as soon as he got that, this is going to screw up his game because they're going to find out it was him, which eventually they did. Which, what is the Joker feat, if I may ask? Oh, you know what? I guess our listeners may not know. They may not. Uh, they should, but they may not. So, uh, was it week two or three, yeah. they gave a power to um, one of the contestants that was seen by the one that just left that turned them into, quote unquote, the Joker. And what they got to do was talk to two new contestants before anybody in the circle was able to talk to them anonymously. So he went in and talked to Mitchell and Kat yes. before they actually entered the circle as an anonymous quote unquote Joker. And in that conversation, he spoke as if he was, mm-hmm. were, was, whatever. Was, yep. I don't have a degree in words. Emily. Another player on the show. Yep. Exactly. So he was trying to badmouth other contestants, pretending to be Emily, another person on the show, without making it super obvious. But he made it obvious enough where both the new players came in, told some of their allies, colleagues, and everybody was like, oh, that's got to be Emily. Yeah. Played it great. Someone he, and he wanted Emily out. So it worked perfectly. So he was a great joker. So yeah, Courtney definitely my number one. All right, so favorite icebreaker games. Again, those are the getting to know you games that they play every episode. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Like, they did a couple ones that kind of got into, like, some... You know the one we got to talk about. Which one's that? That would be the makeup challenge where your guy didn't do so hot. Yeah, that's a good challenge. We talked about this last week where you essentially had to make make up a mannequin to... To look like yourself and Jack aka Emily just dropped the ball and looked like he'd never touched makeup before in his life and it really exposed him and yes. Lance yes Lisa who was Lance because Lance has been a you know a big time pop star for years and in the makeup chair a ton and didn't know kind of basic foundation roles exactly so it was something where everybody's looking like oh if that's a 21-year-old sorority girl, they know how to apply makeup. Or if that's a, a pop star who sits in a makeup chair every day for the last 20 years, right. he's probably going to know how to cut his hair properly. Yes. Like It just looked like a rat on the top of his yeah, head for the most bad. part. So that was probably, uh, I mean, the most telling one. But there was one where um, a couple early contestants, Savannah and Tara Alicia. That was mine, yes. Yeah. Yep. They were number one and number two in the votes after week one. And then were eliminated in consecutive weeks two and three. Yes. The game was called Truth or Dare, right? I believe it was. The icebreaker. Yeah. They did do a Truth or Dare one and they got pretty uh, aggressive towards each other. It was intense. They just started spouting their own truths and... Yes, I think because it was so intense, like it just became like very personal attacks on each other. Um, I think they forgot the game for a moment, like because they were so upset at what each other was saying that that just kind of bit them in the ass in the end. I mean, Tara Lee should try to rally in the end and try to be like that. That's not really me. That was one moment. But kind of the stink of that fight lingered and she never really was able to make it up in the end. I think it was the same for Savannah, where they both just kind of went into this space where they were just like so angry at the other for quote unquote lying about a conversation they had, which whatever, it's the circle. You guys may not be telling full truths about what happened, but they were both fixated on each other so much and they were complaining about each other to other contestants where everybody's like, we can't, like they're essentially trying to make us pick sides, you know, the fourth day in the circle here. This is... A little ridiculous. And they were both smart. You know, they were playing themselves. They had a lot of good relationships early on. And it just 
just completely ruined him. And neither of them really took accountability. They blamed the other no, person totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If somebody was like, you know what? My bad. I was a little aggressive. I shouldn't have been that harsh. She's gone now. Let's start on a clean slate. But they really couldn't do that. No, it, it just wasn't enough to kind of fix what happened. And so once the rest of the players knew that uh, Terralisha was capable of saying things like that, it was a wrap. Because Savannah at that point went out first and then Terralisha after. So clearly the players couldn't let it go either, seeing them fight like that. Yeah, and I think the players did a smart move there. Like, let's get this excessive drama out of the house right yep. now. Or house, we say house, but I mean, it's the circle. Individual apartments, yeah. Individual apartments separated in London for the U.S. version. Yes. Yeah. But then after they got out, it was pretty kind of low-key for a while. A couple new contestants came in, Cat mm-hmm. and Mitchell. What would you think of them? I really liked Cat. I just felt like she went too hard in the paint in the beginning. So instead of kind of learning the alliances or who was cool with who, she kind of went hot right from the beginning, was trying to point people out um, and said that they were... Uh, can you remind me what, what was the situation? With uh, with Cat. Cat mm-hmm. was uh, pushing back and forth on who she thought the, the Joker was right. at one point. And then she's trying to play both sides and told somebody something negative about Chloe. Yes, that's right. She was trying to say Chloe was lying about a blocked player going to visit her. And even though Chloe said they didn't come, Kat kind of insisted and started talking to other people about Chloe. Which at that point, I think most of the players started having alliances with each other. Which of course would be Courtney, Chloe, and River. The Kardashians. Yes, yeah. Love it. Love it. Yeah, and... uh, And then Trevor, Mitchell. Yeah, Trevor, Mitchell, and then who else? Did they have anybody else in there? Well, I guess it was Emily before she left, and I guess Lisa, a.k.a. Lance. Mm, Yeah. But when Kat started kind of getting too aggressive too quick, she didn't realize all the relationships that Chloe had already built. And also, Chloe, as we said before, is just herself, and she's not going to lie about that. And when she got seen by somebody else earlier she told everybody like yes. oh they came to see me so it like her of everybody would not be the person to lie about that you know yes and i think once she kind of messed up that way there was no going back especially as a new player you know they just met you so they didn't really care to keep her around but i yeah. liked her otherwise i thought she could have been entertaining going in pro yeah, athlete I, when she first came in i was like i think she has a really good chance to win this and then, like, two days in, she's just going balls to the wall. All right, hey, what's going on? We need to come up with a plan. They're lying to you about this. This person's this. So on and so forth. And then she went out, and then it was kind of downhill for the newbies after that. It sure was. I think it's hard to go in late. Um, so Kat Mitchell definitely had an uphill climb because the other players have known each other for extra weeks and I think are more suspicious of new people and who they might be talking to. So it's definitely more difficult. I also think it's kind of like a, a prideful thing, right? If you start in the circle at the beginning and you get to the end, you don't want to lose to somebody who is there like half the amount of time you were. Like, how is that fair in your mind, right? At least that's how I would think about it. Like, hey, I've been here since day one. This person came in day six. Like, how could they possibly deserve the money more than me? But maybe that's just my super competitive nature. I don't know. And now that I think about it, usually the top players in the end weren't ones that came in new. I think with the exception of Jack and Lisa, who technically were new-ish, even though Jack had been there in the beginning and Lisa was a newer player. Usually the people that have been there from the beginning are throughout the show to the end. Yeah, and that, that's pretty much what happened. And the only reason Jack and Lisa, a.k.a. John, the Santa psychic, was there at the end is he only had to go through one round of um, ratings, right? And nobody right. was going to vote the guy out the first rating. You, know? you can't vote out Santa. You're just going to get cold for Christmas. <laughs> what do you think about that twist? Because I have to be honest, I didn't love them bringing back voted out players. I know you love Jack. We both didn't like Lisa. But as much as it was entertaining to have that twist, I didn't think having Jack and Lisa a second time added much more value than the shock of it, especially so late in the game, like you said. At that point, they were going to vote out the new person because it didn't matter. I I agree with you. Um, I did like Jack, the way he played. I hated the way Lisa played. So their 
their kind of uh, chemistry together as John was just ridiculous because it was just Jack calling the shots and yes. Lisa just, oh, it's fine. Oh, yeah, sure. Oh, you're smarter than me. Oh, I believe everything everybody says. But yeah. I do like that if you are going to bring players back, bringing them back as a twosome because then even if they win, there's still a um, you know a negative to you winning. You're not winning the full 100000 You have to split it with somebody. Yes, so I'm with you that. there. And I also think it would have been more effective if it happened at the beginning of the game. Because it happened so late that you there wasn't enough traction for them to get. If you have someone do it at the beginning, they barely worked on their first, if they're catfishing or themselves, they have maybe a week they get voted out. They have more time to kind of work on that second personality. You know what would have been great? Go ahead. Savannah and Teralisha oh, having to team up. Oh my god. Now listen, I love MMA, so I would have <laughs> loved a full down brawl in the middle of the apartment. There was no way those two would work together, even for a hundred thousand dollars. But the TV would have been great. Oh, like I said, I would love it. <laughs> Let's go. Just have them both battling battle royale to see who actually can be the new fake. Oh, catfish. give me elbows, give me spinning backfists. I'd be here for it all. But there's no way that would have worked out. I also don't think that those two who played themselves would have been able to really go fully into a catfish. I think they would have their own personalities would have bled through. I think so too. I think Jack was good at kind of being a catfish for the most part besides makeup and Lisa was such a dud it didn't matter. So Right. And I think as Delisa kind of showed she of course was playing her husband Trevor. She was able to see the moments that she would kind of let her own personality come in and knew to change it up like, oh maybe my husband wouldn't say that. And so she kind of noticed when she herself, and I, but I think in the end, she still kind of was herself. Yeah, and that's like the first episode or two. I remember looking over at my wife and be like, wow, she does not know how to talk like a dude. Like, she's not doing well. She's going to get voted out quick. And people were questioning Trevor, uh, but then she turned it around. Like, she really yes. started focusing on the things she needed to do better. And she is so smart. So smart to have her husband write down a whole bunch of notes about things that she thinks she would need to know. Yeah, so smart. I didn't see anybody else do that for a catfish nope. they knew. And she's like, hold on, let me look through, okay, the 98 bulls. Okay, we got Scottie Pippen, we got Dennis Rodman, yes, we got Michael I Jordan. I absolutely you know? would have failed at that. And I also think it helped that it was her husband and not like Lee who was playing someone he knew was a college student at River. Like, she knew her husband. She's with him every yeah. day. So I think that definitely helped her. She could kind of put herself in his mindset. What does she hear him say all the time when they're home? Yeah, for sure. And, you know, you're not fully lying about, hey, I have a young daughter. I'm doing this for her, which she was. So that's, like, all pretty truthful, except for she wasn't a single dad. She was a married, you know, mother. So Yes, yep. And since we're talking about Delisa, I mean, naturally, she won the game. What did you think about that? I was surprised. Mm -hmm. uh, when it came down to it, I'm looking at everybody making their final ratings, and I thought Chloe was going to win. Mm -hmm. She's but, close, second. But then I saw John, a.k.a. Jack, a.k.a. Lisa. <laughs> I hate that I have to keep doing that. Um, voted Trevor at the top to try to strategically break yes. up the game because he thought Trevor was going to be low. And as soon as he did that, I'm like, there's only five people left. That's going to that's gonna be a swing. That's probably what sent you, too, because I think everyone else, even if they had a strong alliance, weren't voting the people in their alliance first because they didn't want them to win. They thought that everyone else was going to have that opinion. And I think Trevor was kind of a neutral, like no one had an issue with Trevor. And so people probably bumped her up the whole time and that was in her favor yeah and they probably looked and said hey chloe has been the number one or number two ranked player what four or five times like she yes. was always at the top so they're like if i need to have a chance to win i need to lower her a little bit so that i'm not stuck and this is where it's a popularity contest for the most part but once it gets to the end it's all it's all strategy. Like at one point I was nervous that John was going to win because everybody was going to vote him first because they thought he had no chance of winning. <laughs> oh my right? God. I would have been so mad. That would have, everybody would be like, no, I put him first because I thought everybody else was going to put him last. And then it backfires, which that does happen occasionally, but that would have been absurd. Oh my God. You're right. And you know what? The, the one thing I'll say about this, even though I was happy she won, I would have, again, still preferred Courtney first. I think the relationship she had with Chloe is what kept her there. I mean, if 
if the friends in Chloe's circle didn't protect her because they didn't want to hurt Chloe's feelings or chances with Trevor, she would have been voted out. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. She, Chloe kind of buffered her from, uh, from Courtney and, yes, and River. Yes. Cause let me tell you when Courtney wanted you out, you were out. And so I think she played that very well. Sorry to Chloe, who thought she was kind of building a relationship with someone that was already married. Yeah, that's tough. But um, it seems like she kind of falls for people really quickly. Yes. I mean, she she otherwise was just kind of playing it like being overly nice to everyone. And so, again, I would have liked Courtney to win. I didn't hate that Delisa did. Um, but I think Courtney probably went wrong with being... Well, he was successful in voting out all the players he didn't like. And I thought, again, he influenced it the most. But because everyone knew his alliance, I think pretty early on it was clear who he was relying with. Yep. They immediately saw him as a power player, and that started to hurt him at the end, to the point where he could have gone home, and I thought he was close. Yeah, he was at the bottom a couple times, which was a little a little shocking because I was always rooting for him. But... It's, it's tough because it's like this on these reality shows, like you have your survivor, you have your big brother, or these other types of shows where at the end, do you vote for the person that you liked and had the best relationship with that you want to win? Or do you vote for the person you truly feel deserves to win because they played the best overall game? And it's, it's kind of a catch-22 because playing a good game means building those relationships with people but also you need to make the hard decisions to get people out when you need to. I think, yeah, and I think when it comes to throughout the game, you you kind of play it to your relationships. But I think in the end, listen, you're all here for the single purpose of winning this money, so you got to be strategic. And unfortunately, probably not everyone did that the best way. Yeah, and I'm, I don't know. I, I feel like it would have been very a very different outcome if either Tara Leisha or Savannah Yes. Stuck around just one of them because they were trying to kind of be like the head of the snake, right? Yes, They big were time. like, I'm going to run shit. And then once they were gone, that's what triggered everything for Courtney. He's like, oh, you're going after my girl? Screw this. I'm coming for you. Yes. So yep. if Savannah doesn't get voted out that quick, he's not as vengeful. He probably doesn't go after Emily and Tara Alicia as quick or, or even Kat after she went after Chloe. So it, it was kind of a ripple effect. And they were both in kind of warring alliances, too. So that didn't help that they had both had a group behind them. So it was like who had the most influential support. And I mean, both of them went back to back. So can we talk about Chloe for a second? Here? Sure. I'd love How to. she's so naive, but mm-hmm. she's so fun. Yes. And I never watched that Too Hot to Handle show that she was on. But everybody else on the show pretty much referenced it. Did you watch it? Did I watch it? (laughs) Of course I watched it. Actually, it was a show I wasn't going to watch at all. But my friends, Jack and Kat, we decided to watch it. It It's kind of like a group pandemic thing um, in our various places. So I actually liked it. She was the same. The same as she is on The Circle was the same as she was on Two Out to Handle. And similarly, it was relationship-based. Same thing on The Circle. I feel like Trevor kind of took up a lot of her dynamic of the show. But I mean, she's precious. You gotta you gotta like her. She 100% falls for people quick. I think even on that after show, I assume you watched as well of as course. me. Of course, yep. She said she, uh, she either kissed or went out on a date with Mitchell like right after the finale. Yes, yes. Yeah. And... You know, I I did feel bad for her. I did like that on that kind of recap show. She talked about how when she found out that Trevor wasn't really Trevor, it was Lisa. She was shocked. And on the show, you kind of see her like taking it kind of in stride. I mean, she kind of has that nervous laughter, but she just kind of is like complimenting her and that type of thing. I mean, it's hard in that moment when you think you've made a connection with someone and it's not real. But I like that she kind of elaborated that in the moment she was so stunned. She didn't know what to say because that's how I would be in the moment. Well, yeah. And then you get to the end and there were more catfishes at the end. There sure were. Than real players. The first five contestants voted out were real. <laughs> they played as themselves. And then at the end, we had, what, three of the yes, five were catfishes? Yep, yep. And they all were surprised when they were revealed. Yeah. And one of the catfishes had two catfishes, John. So it's like... You essentially right. had four of six people were catfishes on And the thing the is, final. you know going into it that there there could be and probably will be catfishes. So as much as I do feel bad that she was kind of invested in the relationship that wasn't real, 
you also know that anyone could be a catfish. You could be in the circle with all catfishes. So you kind of got to have a little buffer. But she's a heart open type of person. For sure. And you know, she's just going to be on more reality TV shows. And I will watch them all. Yeah, she'll be on, you know, some other like... Too cold you, to handle. Are you the one too cold to handle? Yeah, all <laughs> these all these fun shows. But were, were you rooting for her or Courtney to win if you had a choice? At Courtney. Yeah. I, because I felt like Chloe was entertaining and again herself, but Courtney played the best game, I feel like. He had the most influence the whole time. And when he wanted to make decisions and get people out, he did. And he did it so well since he was always the middle of the pack. He only got a top influencer spot once. Yes. Every other time he was in the middle. So maybe people at the beginning weren't like, ah, oh, he's not a super big threat because he's never getting the top spot. But he's still pulling all the strings for everybody. Yes, absolutely. So, uh, again, he played great. And I wish they would have done, like, the top-rated player um or something like that. So Corny could have got a little something for the things he did, but... Yeah, it's unfortunate he had to walk away with nothing. I mean, I'm sure he's got a bigger uh, social media following now, which will help him in whatever he's doing. But it is nice to have, like, America's Favorite or something right. like that. Yeah, I would have, like, a little supplement, a little something-something, you know? Exactly. And you figure with the pandemic, they would have had a couple additional kind of fun things, ways to end it, except for everybody sitting on a couch and just revealing them that way. I thought they'd be a little more uh, entertaining or maybe um, lengthen the season out. I mean, it was still only, what, 12 episodes, I think? So Yes. Yep. It's like, come on, we're in a pandemic. Let's go. Give me 20 episodes or break this up and let's give us four seasons. Let's go. And I would like to give a shout out to the host, Michelle, because she makes a show so fun to watch because she's kind of the narrator and she's making fun of players while they're just sitting in their rooms doing puzzles or making weird dishes or saying something silly. I got to say that season two, she didn't have as much to work with. I felt like in the moments where players weren't interacting with each other, when it was just the camera was on them doing puzzles or playing games, like she had to make up funny stuff because they weren't really doing that much interesting things. And that like what she does adds a lot of value to the show because otherwise you're just watching people. Right. So you need to like feel comfortable laughing at these stupid things they're doing yes. or like understand where they're coming from. And she does a really good job of narrating that like really succinctly. Wow, yep. I really struggled to say the word narrating there. But huh? you got there. You got there eventually. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I, I think she was so good. And of course, the reunion at the end where they reveal the winners, she's hilarious. And I was happy that she came back for season two. And I'll watch her on anything else. Hopefully she's there for season three, which it was renewed in case Ooh. the listeners don't know. It was already renewed for season three. So, I mean, can we have that next week? Well, do you want to be a contestant on season three? Um, the answer to that is heck yeah. Really? Okay. So, one uh, before we get into kind of how we would do on the show, because okay. we're All both, right. you know, maybe a little egotistical. I'm and a think little we competitive. Would, so. Maybe a little bit and so, think we would yeah. crush it. The conversations this season on season two... I'm going to say sucked. Yes. So season one, they were actually getting to know each other a little bit. Season two, they were, it was all just, oh, hey, how's it going? I just can't wait to get to know more about you. Cool. Great chatting. Talk to you later. Bye. And you're like, no, there were so many words said that meant nothing. You are so right. You know what? At the end, they get asked what they would do with the money. And honestly, that felt like the most heartfelt, the most interesting part, because they would talk about their family situation. Yep. They want to give their money to their uh, parents or to buy a house that they don't have, etc. And that felt interesting. Season one, the players like actually got to know each other. I know Sammy talked about her story. Like mm-hmm. They really knew about each other and were interested in forming relationships, friendships, and just getting to know each other. This one, I I want to say the majority of the dialogue and conversation was about what just happened. Who just did this in the game? Who's going to vote this way? It, yeah, there was it, they not didn't much. really get to know each other like season one, I think. And I think that's kind of uh, the difference between a season one and season two in this case, right? Season one, nobody really knows what's going on. You come in and you just give it your all. Season two, I assume these people have watched season one and they're mm-hmm. just like, 
Hopefully. Oh, we really need to strategize. Let's get the numbers on our side. And that's all it was. Like, okay, these are my people. I need to make sure they're with me on the ratings. And there wasn't a lot of getting to know each other on more of a, a deep level, which is probably why they added in a lot of those fun, like, icebreaker-type games. Yes, yes. That made it more interesting because I think they only had a couple of those season one. Yes, and the twist with the Joker and then the super influencer at the end, uh, which got to pick the actual influencer, like basically got to pick who got out versus instead of having two people pick. So yeah, I mean, that did add some interesting dynamics, but I mean, I'm a people person. I, I want to know their story, so. So if you were actually in the game right now, would you be yourself or would you come in as a catfish? A hundred percent would come as myself because... Other than an initial, like, oh, they're hot, they're this, that someone gets when someone comes in. Because typically when they're catfishing, they're looking like a model. Um, you know what would be smart to be a catfish for, well, I mean, John was a 62-year-old psychic Santa who was a catfish, but they didn't get to choose him. A gay grandfather? Who's yeah. not going to love that person? Exactly, so, true. Yeah, that was a win-win. It was just a little late in the game. But other than that, like, everything is personality. And no one ever really goes down based on how they're they look, which is really what you're doing catfishing because personalities are what get you to the end. So I feel like that's the way to go. Yeah, I, I would probably do the same. I'd be myself in that scenario. I will say, I don't know how good I would do in this type of format. The fact that I'm sitting at like in an apartment essentially by myself and I can only communicate with people at certain times through this circle, that's not really my best way of communication. And I could see myself getting very frustrated with people and call, pro, I'd probably get myself in trouble for just telling it how it is too early in the game. Be like, what the hell? Nobody has said anything. Who gives a shit about who they saw yesterday? Drop it. We don't need to tell you everything. I and can, then I'd be out. Yes, I see that for you too. I could also see you struggling maybe on alliances that weren't so in your face. I could see you like saying something to the wrong person and then it kind of spiraling there. However, for me... Being paid to be alone in my apartment doing mundane things and then getting to know people without leaving it, sign me up, sounds great. Pandemic, I was already doing that. And we could do podcasts from there. Perfect. Oh my God. Awesome. A circle podcast in the circle. Inception. Whoa. Whoa. Mind blown. We're going to have to write a letter, see if they'll let us do that. Next write a time. letter. What is this? 1990? We, we could go in as a team, as separate oh, people. Oh, my, we, right to the end. No what, doubt. what if we both catfish and we didn't know we were in there together and we were catfishing <laughs> oh each other? I think we'd probably pick it up. I would, hope, I would so. hope so. I would hope so. Yeah, or we'd gun for each other. It would just depend. Oh my goodness, that's funny. Yeah, just go after each other and then find, oh, hey, Kayla, how's it going? So I think we're going to put up a poll um, on Twitter to see if anyone would be interested in going on the circle as themselves or a catfish. Let's see what you guys think. Interesting. Yeah, we'll post that on Twitter, and I'll, I'll probably post something on Instagram as well for that. We'll see what type of audience we got going with us here. Yeah, is Neve going to be coming to your house, or are you coming as yourself? Please <laughs> let us know. Oh, man, I haven't seen that show in forever. I wish I could say the same. Oh, really? That's one of your go-tos? What isn't? What isn't? <laughs> Valid point. I mean, that's why we are doing a podcast here. So, that is true. Of all the stuff we watch and listen to. So do you have any kind of um, key takeaways from season two on people? If you were in that same scenario that you try to align with, and you can't just be like the people who won, but like if you were thrown in day one in the circle season two, just based on how everybody else was acting, who do you think you would get along best with and align with? I think definitely a Courtney. Um I would go for the humor because that's how I am. And so when I'm seeing someone being funny, I'm going to be drawn to that. Um, I also think make an alliance quick, but don't make it obvious. I think when you stand firm, you have a group from the beginning, it can carry you through. There were so many moments that because people were aligned early, it helped them in the end. So I, yeah. I think that's the way to go. You got to do it. Maybe not day one of meeting someone, but you have to do it early on. For sure, and um, I'm <laughs> I'm right there with the. I'd probably try to go with the same strategy, and things change obviously. What I want to know is how would they, how do they separate it for the times that they can communicate with each other in the circle? Because clearly, there's only like windows of times that they can use the circle, right? Yes. Otherwise, people would I don't know be having actual conversations with each other, like 
sitting there, hey, what's going on? What are you cooking? Like, just random nonchalant stuff. And another thing to note is that when they're talking to each other on the social media app on their TVs, um, and they have a TV in every single room, including the bathroom, um, there are, they kind of say it out loud. So they'll say, hey, Circle, message so-and-so this message. Okay, well, guess what? The app's not real. So what there is is about 20 to 30 producers or technicians that are in a room, which is actually the building across from where they're staying, and they all, like, are typing <laughs> what, what they're saying. So I'll say, um, Circle, tell Justin um, he sucks at beer pong. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That is the most blasphemous thing okay. anybody has ever said. And so meanwhile, there's, you know, Ned Stark uh, behind the scenes typing out the message for me. It's not actually being said when I say it. How so. dare you? I'm a six-time reigning beer pong mm-hmm. It's just what champion. came up in my head. What can I say? All that's, right? that's the last thing that should come up in your head. I'm just the greatest this town has ever seen. Oh, okay. My Especially apologies. Syracuse my University. apologies. Best thing that's ever grazed that campus in beer pong. I'm old now, though, so who knows? I'm washed up at this point. What am I, 31? Yeah. I mean, come Ooh. on now. Woo. Yeah, getting way too old for this stuff. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Do you know anything on what they do? I know that's how they do the app, but I want to say they have to have dedicated time, like from this time to this time. Now, on the show, they do like alert, alert, and that's what kind of draws them. But I have to believe they know what time they're going to be playing a game or interacting. I, I think so, too. And I think it's probably like, okay, you can get up, you're making breakfast, and they set like, okay, between... 9 and 10 a.m. you can message people or it might even be less than that because like I said the conversations were so lackluster this year but maybe that's just because they had so many of these other like interactive games like the way they do the games I imagine it's the producers or whoever are like we're going to do a game today between 10 and 12 let's wait for everybody is sitting on the couch not doing shit as opposed to, okay, somebody's taking a shower, somebody's in the bathroom, somebody's doing this, and then they they do the alerts. Yes. And I wonder if they tell the contestants every time there's an alert to scream, alert, alert. Like, come on, that's getting a little ridiculous. I don't know, because listen, editor's going to edit, but I do find it funny when they're in the middle of a bath or they're in the middle of a rap and all of a sudden the alert and they have to have a conversation. Is that 100% organic? I don't know. What what really is on those reality shows, but it's funny to watch. I could definitely see myself being bad TV or maybe good TV, depending on what you're into, where I'd just be like, there'd be a big alert and be like, all right, cool. I'll check it later. You know, <laughs> whatever. Like, who cares? Or somebody, I'm like, I'm bored with these conversations. I don't want to talk to anybody today. And then I'm out, so... Yeah, that seems kind of the opposite of what you need to do on that show. So, yeah, yeah, let me know how that would work out. Yeah. Not a show I would be great at, for sure. But, I mean, I'm not in the circle, so it doesn't really matter, I guess. That's true, not yet, until we apply for season three. Uh, they don't already have uh, contestants figured out. Let's do With this. With how long it took, I can't imagine so. And they're only in there for, I think it's, what, two weeks, two, three right, weeks? Right, right. Yeah. It's a short time. And then the winner took home 100K, which you mentioned was Delisa, a.k.a. Trevor. Yeah, she got a new house. She talked about that. And she was also pregnant while on the show. So she she kind of had symptoms and, and was feeling it. She took a test on the show, confirmed her pregnancy, but then she's like, listen, I'm not leaving this show. <laughs> so she, she played it really well. I'm excited for her. Two kids now. Beautiful house, so I can't be mad at that. Yeah, I mean that's that's a baller move, and I thought it was great at the uh, the last episode where they announced the winner. She's on the uh, the iPad with her husband and her daughter, yes. like I just won, like oh my god. He seems like, so sweet, the road Trevor. So yeah, I'm not mad. Congrats. So the circle is going to be our next reality competition that we must uh, dive into. Absolutely, I can't wait. I mean, we already talked the challenge, which. I don't think I'd win the challenge right now. Let me get into shape. Do yeah, a of you know, gym. a couple of years, you know, right at right at the end, maybe. But when we do get into Big Brother season, oh boy, that's where I shine. I'm t- I would win that show. My eyes closed. That's cakewalk. You know, I say he would be good at it because he loves it so much, but I'm just now kind of dipping my toes in the Big Brother waters. I'd win. And let me see. We'll see. You I'd feel confident. Win. I know you do. So let's see. A hundred percent. Like, there's... Uh, name a flaw in my game for that show. Nothing. I'm great We don't have that much time on the podcast, <laughs> but I'll make you a list. Fair, fair enough. On that note, I think it is time for us to go into 
Swarly of the Swarly Week. Swarly of the Week. <laughs> All right. Do you want to kick off our Swarly of the Week, good sir? Yeah. yeah so I my, wonder why you're laughing. Why are you giggling hysterically right so, now? So uh, huh? my Swarly of the Week oh, this uh-huh, week go ahead. is uh, my co-host, Kayla Garcia. Blasphemous. Okay. She yep. was absolutely just absurd in D&D this past weekend. Dungeons and Dragons. Yes, I just cannot even know all the the ridiculous things she was doing or saying. Uh, The one thing I wrote down was, uh, and I even noted it (laughs) and wrote in my notes, that in school, time was always my hardest subject. Wow, okay, so I was vulnerable for a moment and you immediately turned it back on me live on the podcast. Continue. Time was your hardest subject? Can you explain that to me? How is time your hardest subject? So, uh, is time a subject? I don't know, but I had difficulty learning how to tell time as a kid. And you know what? That crossed into other languages when I was taking Spanish and had to learn time. Always the most difficult part. I mean, numbers. You know, for an English major, not my best subject. So it was a little rough, not going to lie. And also during uh, D&D this past weekend, I mean, how many times were you just completely blanked on information? And then you were like, oh, wait, is that why we were talking about I'm not going to lie. For a moment, I thought my brain had shut down and I hadn't realized it. With the amount of times I just forgot normal, basic things in the game. Yeah. You know what I think happened? If I may defend myself for a second, I think you we may kind not. of anyway. We're going to move on because she's not allowed to defend you. herself because she is the swarly of the week. All right, rude. Now you can go. <laughs> So I think when we started, you know, normally I have a whole kit and caboodle. I have a dice tray. I have dice. I have all these things. I forgot my entire bag when I got to the house, which is also a huge, huge swarly moment. Oh, the biggest. Yeah. I mean, that, arguably, that was the only thing really I had to bring. I even have a special D&D bag because, of course. And so that... Well, let me uh, let, let me interrupt ahead. for just a second. She forgot all of her D&D stuff coming here Saturday to play D&D. But she did yep. not forget her new <laughs> fancy mic arm to use for the podcast today, the following Wednesday. She came with a big old box to set that thing up, but nothing for the thing we were supposed to do You know on what, Saturday. listeners? That just shows how dedicated I am to this podcast. But in, in, anyways, I had to essentially write down everything I knew about my character on one sheet of paper, which was extremely difficult. So I think once I knew I didn't have any of the things I prepared and just had a sheet of paper, nothing was going to go well for me. I even died in the game. So, you know, (laughs) it really wasn't great for my character, Tegan. Yeah, I actually had to bring her back to life. So you're welcome. Yep, I appreciate it. I mean, that's, uh, I wouldn't really say that's a defense of your actions. I think it's just more of an explanation of everything that happened. Yeah, listen, I, I... I had to take it on the chin. That It was very Swarly-like behavior. So, who is your Swarly of the Week? All right. So, my Swarly of the Week is going to be women who are ruining their kitchen islands for disgusting <laughs> TikTok meals. Specifically, white women. There seems to be a trend of women who are creating family-style meals, so prepared and served on kitchen islands. Now, listen... I've never seen food presentation look more disgusting. The first one I saw was called Nacho Table, which involved pouring nacho cheese across an entire island. You added hamburger, peppers, etc. Now listen, I've heard of nacho tables. Generally, you put things down like foil, plastic wrap. No, this is just food on a kitchen island. Disgusting. Now, I also eat nacho cheese. So I go, you know what? Maybe I just think that's gross. Not a nachos fan. The one I saw recently... I mean, the hair is standing on my arms as I talk about it. (laughs) This woman put cold prego sauce on a kitchen island. About a million and two meatballs. She counted. Yes. A line of cocaine-looking Parmesan (laughs) cheese across the middle. And then hot pasta out of a pot. Why? The pasta she had in the pot... She could have just put it in the pot. That's why we invented them. And you know what? I'm just, I'm so horrified. I literally am losing my words. (laughs) She used a giant pot to pour the pasta out and could have just used it. I I can't. You know, there was a hilarious Twitter comment that said that Prego sauce is about as cold as her marriage. And you know what? That must be if she's putting pasta on a counter and going to serve it. No, thank you. 
that that's a you know that's a solid observation. Swarly of the week though is that a oh, swarly? Yes, movie? Yeah. yes it is. Because listen, the food could have been good, but it wasn't because you're serving it to me that way. Be better. Use bowls, monsters. I bet you they have some type of um, helper around the house to clean up because you're not going to do that if you're the one that has to clean the counter after, right? And you know what? It was on marble, which is very porous. So, you know, enjoy Prego smelling Kitchen Island for the rest of your lives. Bam. Kayla, the geologist over here, huh? Yeah. yeah. Also, we got a recommendation on uh, Instagram for Kayla as a new nickname of Guac because she's always so extra. That's not wrong. Thank you, Rochelle, for that uh, nickname. And also, listen to Rochelle's podcast, Mysteries Still Unsolved. Oh, yeah. Who doesn't love crime? Uh, We all do. Yeah. Just a little shameless plug in the middle of this out of nowhere. Now, we are getting close here to the end, which means we have our friendship question of the week. Kayla, do you want to read it for the crew? You know what? I'm going to start it off here. So the question we have is, how am I most like you and how does that scare you? Now, my Twitter followers will know that I recently commented on how Justin and I are so similar with this podcast in that this is literally episode three and we're already thinking about the 14 other podcasts we want to do outside of this one we're basically talking about making a podcast network even though it's just the two of us and we have done two podcasts ourselves, and we're still not very good at it we barely know how to do a thing but we're already thinking about when we have advertisements and can quit (laughs) our full-time jobs so as much as i hear justin talk about it to those links and i'm like what i equally am doing the same thing and the best thing was when you were saying you are more focused on some of the podcast stuff uh, than other things you should be doing and you know what I was doing the same exact thing. So Well, you laughed at me and then realized you had five tabs open on your computer that yes, were all podcasts. Yep, writing notes. We're the same. And so that does scare me because between us both, we can just be consumed on something we love. Obsessed, you could say. So it does scare me, but hey, we're in this. Yes, and you you went first, so you got to take that, yep. which means I'm not allowed to take that, which is mm-hmm. very upsetting because... How am I most like you and how does that scare me? Yeah, how am I most like you? Yep, how does it scare you? We are alike in so many ways. (laughs) Not many ways scare me. I mean, besides what you called out, I think our our frustration with people not not responding back to texts or uh, in group messages might be a similarity that uh, we both kind of get annoyed Mm -hmm. and then kind of scared how we're going to respond because we don't want to come across as, you know, assholes and whatnot. Yes, yeah, which um, we can sometimes. That's kind of a weak answer, though. How I have else? another one. I already two. Look at me. I can you already think of a second one. Yeah. You're such a better friend than I, I know. Am, huh? Listen, I think What's the listeners already one? know that. How we are when we compete, and not oh, necessarily well, yeah. against us, but I'm talking games like Taboo. Anything where someone has made <laughs> rules and if people don't follow them, we both get to, like, high levels of being irate and then also when we're competing i mean we can't be on the same taboo team it's not fair for the other teams it's just not that i love that that doesn't scare me that excites me i love it all right all right fair enough fair enough i love when we are just you know what no that's not how it's supposed to be done this is how you do it and then we crush you that's true with no mercy it's just over yep people tend to be happy when the game's over when we play but usually it's because we won Usually. And Kayla gets, especially in Taboo, gets that like really intense look in her eyes. And with the cards, she's like gripping the cards. Yeah, if my friend Kat is listening, she is shaking her head right now because she refuses to play with me because there's a little buzzer that you press (laughs) when someone doesn't follow the rules right. And she just about gets ready to throw a chair at me every time I do it. So, Well, maybe she should. Adds She's a little complexity to the game, you know? You know what? You're right. Maybe at a physical aspect where we hit each other. Whoa, whoa. That's a little Yeah, harsh. no, I'm like, scared. What? I would. I yeah, don't really yeah, want don't that. Do that. That's why we don't play. Yeah. I'm not yeah, messing yeah. with Cat. Yeah, we're not getting into that level here. Nope. Now, next week, we will be back at the, uh, the same day releasing this podcast. And we're going to do something a little bit different next week mm-hmm. where we're not reviewing a TV show. We're not reviewing a movie. Nope. Do we want to give them a hint at what we're reviewing this next week? You know what? I'm curious how you're going to hint to them. So why don't you go ahead and tell me how you're going to tease this out? 
Now, I don't have anything. I was trying to throw it to you so <laughs> I that tell. you tease uh-huh. it out. Uh-huh. Yeah, I wanted you to have that live on air where you're just looking at me. Live like, on air uh, for a podcast that's recorded. Okay. Nailed it. Yep. Cool. Oh, think of it. something then. There. I, I've got nothing. I'm not quick on my feet like you, Kayla. All right. Okay. Okay. Nice softball. Like, yep. Um, all right. So let's just say we're getting a little inception next week. A oh, little yeah. thing and a thing. That's all I'm going to say. A little meta. Yeah, a little meta. A little okay. meta. Yeah, I'll give you that. It's going to be an entertaining podcast. We have a lot of homework to do before next week. Um, I mean, it, this is turning into a part-time job, and I'm not going to lie, I love it. Yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, and we're eventually going to be going to two podcasts a week because we're it's just It's just obsessed. inevitable, like I said. It's going to happen. Well, that's all we have for you here this week for episode three of Wrong Opinions Only. As a reminder, we are available on all the different podcast apps right now, including Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Anchor, yada, yada. Follow the show on Instagram at Wrong Opinions Only and Twitter at Wrong Opinions JK. And you can also follow Kayla and myself on Instagram and Twitter as well. I won't give out our tags again. Just follow the account and then you'll see that we you'll follow find those. us. Yeah, you'll we find like us. things. We share things. If it was meant to be, you'll just find us. Yeah. And I think it was meant to be. And also, it, it is. Uh, the stars aligned. Tell all your friends about us. Okay. <laughs> thank all you right. Guys, thank you for listening. Have a good week.